Ah, here we go. Nice football podcast, red edition. Adelaide United away to Melbourne victory, getting a one-all draw. And this game was an absolute firework, a singular firework, just waiting to go off. And it went off. Boy, did it go off. Adelaide, maybe not. Maybe not going to win the league without any blips, like I said last week. Uh, maybe we can we can have one draw, though, so it'll be fine. We'll bounce back next week. Uh, no Tommy tonight, but Cooper's here with me. How you doing, man? Good, Sam. How are you? Uh, good. That's the second time we've actually we've asked each other tonight, how we are. Yeah. Because, um, well, the third time, because, you know, I usually send the Zoom link. We jump on, we say g'day, and then start recording, and we say g'day again, and then we record both episodes in the same night, so we said g'day again. Uh, but the listeners will have heard it over two different days if if they listen, which I hope you are. If you are listening and you like it, go share it with your mates, especially if they support Adelaide United. Tell them to get around the red editions. Uh, we'll be here all season. There's plenty to talk about, and Adelaide are going to win the league this year, so it's a, it's a good year to jump on board Night Shift Football, jump on all the socials. Let's talk about this one. I don't know where we start with it, man. Um Jeez, you went over. How was it? Yeah, it was good. Um, smaller away support than than we used to, but I think it's becoming that a little bit with with A League travel and and cost, cost of, living of living prices. Oh, there yeah, it is. I was waiting for it. Pull it out early. Um, no, I mean even I made like a a real last minute decision. I coming coming into the season when we have a victory game in probably the first five or six weeks, I've usually booked flights and accommodation a couple of months out but I went into this season thinking we were going to be absolutely minging to watch and there was no way that in in this society I was going to spend over a thousand bucks to go and watch us lose in Melbourne but after nine goals scored and none conceded I thought three days out nothing to do why not I'll get over there um not not our worst not our best yeah that's a great point um I think my overall assessment of the game is that we probably should have lost because uh, I, I tend to put more value in like first half, you know, and the fact that Melbourne victory probably could have put us away if not for Joe Gauchi being an absolute king in that first half, some of the saves he made. And then obviously we grew into the game second half. Uh, a key point that we'll talk about, I guess, would be unfortunately taking Panash Daniel off because he was not good. Um but we grew into the game and then obviously the red card helped and we, we looked pretty solid from there and unlucky probably not to get a win. Yeah, in the end, um, I think if you look at you look at the way the game panned out, there's going to be disappointment in, in the Adelaide camp that they didn't walk away from this game with three points. Um, but when you, you take a step back and you look at this night as a whole, I, I think you're happily taking a point back to Adelaide with you. Um, we, general consensus, yep. you know, in the Bay at halftime and, and even post-game talking to to victory supporters and whatnot that were talking about how much they liked our team is that everyone thought, Jesus, they should have put us away early. Could have genuinely been three or four nil down at halftime. Yeah. I don't want to speak for Tommy, but he did tell me, um, he's not here, but he did tell me he was worried leading into the game that perhaps the younger players, especially might be a bit, a bit too hyped for the occasion. You know, there was a lot of stuff, pre-game and the build-up and from Carl as well about how, you know, the hating Victorians aspect and really building up the rivalry. I don't know if I don't know if that did play a part, but we did look like we started that first half in particular, first 20 minutes, we looked like we were not there at all. And I was really worried for a bit, especially when Fornaroli scored. What minute did Fornaroli score? 28th. 28th. So probably for that first half an hour, I was worried. They looked 
so far off it. There were big gaps between our lines, like our defensive and midfield lines. The hero was up there looking looking ordinary, but also not really getting much service or getting any help with his press. He was getting frustrated. And number eight for Melbourne Victory, this is Zinedine uh, Makash. Makash, is it Makash? Um, he looks a player. He was he was killing us. Yeah, no, nah, I thought their midfield was excellent in this game. Um, Fabian Monge, Ryan Teague, and Zinedine. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Machach. That's the same. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, but no. I'm I also going to go with uh, Fabian Mong, though. Yeah, which... It's <laughs> more fun to say. <laughs> no, they they were great in this game. Um, And I just I just thought being a rivalry game that... And I, and I don't know who you, you dispense in this scenario. Personally, for me, I can, I can see why people wouldn't have wanted it and Cole didn't. And it, and it may have been a risk, but I thought that this might have been a, a Ryan Tunnicliffe over SIS night. Um, I really thought that just we may have been looking for a real hard, a, a bigger body and a physical presence in a midfield against, you know, we saw um, Zinedine from Melbourne Victory just ball over defenders against Sydney FC playing in number 10. And Izzy as his direct opponent, he was too small. He didn't, mm. every time the ball went through that victory midfield, he just got out-muscled, out-run. And, and he was one of the poorer games I've seen as he played for Adelaide. Yeah, he was. I think hindsight's great there. I don't think, I don't think I would have made it. I don't think anyone probably would have made a change leading into this after a three nil and six nil wins to start the season. I think that'd be, that'd be really overthinking it if you did um, on the back of those results. But having looked back at it now, yeah, not one of his, his better games. We said last year a lot. He's got this in him now at this age where he looks good. He's going to have weeks where he looks great. And he has other weeks where you can see he's getting older and he's not quite at the races and he's off the pace a bit. Uh, I don't think he was the only one in that first half, though. I thought Johnny and Zach were both a little, uh, Johnny especially, pretty rusty, a lot of turnovers in that first half. Yeah. Um, we I think we said it during this game, and this is going to be, this is going to sound like Izzy bashing and it's going to sound very, very harsh. I thought that SIS in this game was a massive hindrance on Johnny Yo and his ability to get forward. Yeah. Because the way we just... Mate, my head, it was it was like I was an amateur league coach on a Sunday afternoon yelling at my players to just keep the fucking ball for 30 seconds. Yeah. Because Popper, Izzy, even Ryan Kiddo did it a few times when he needed to be the leader and stand it up. They they were just relying on Hiroshi to be able to bring this ball down and yeah, and, and play it wide and give us a bit of a spell. But victory didn't really press. And and for no. moments, it for moments it just felt like, okay you've been bent over backwards for the first 15 minutes, just hold the ball for 30 seconds to a minute and just breathe. Just yep. get yourself in the game, get a few different guys, a touch of the football and just breathe. And fuck, it took us some time to do it. It probably, we probably didn't do it until we went inside at halftime and, and took a deep breath and, and had a look and a, a chat about what happened. And then, and then came back out a bit more resolute and a bit more relaxed in the second half. But geez, I mean, and I think, some of these young kids, and I mean, we we have to talk Panash Madanya. And yeah, go for it. I've been I've been a big critic of 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 less him and more I, this. I Carl, think we all have this Carl Viet selection. Just this continuing continual obsession with trying to make a guy who's been a, a serviceable winger in the MPL a fullback in the A League, and it's a massive jump and a massive ask. Yeah. And we've dominated two teams that 
at home in two weeks and, and he's been he's been okay going forward. We've said at times that okay. we thought there was there was moments where he, he, he drove and he turned the ball over. Yeah. And he did that on, on multiple occasions during this game, during this first half. And it looked like we were going to get punished every single time. And it's when you come up against these these better opposition or these teams that will punish you or, or create chances off the back of it that you can't afford to having an inexperienced player doing that in, in these games. And and that does not even touch on his defending, which was just it was just dreadful. Yeah. He, he was he was rattled. And this is a, a young guy playing out of position in this club's biggest rivalry in a stadium. Man, that people are gonna hate me, Adelaide people especially for saying this, but this league is a better league when a full North Terrace is pumping because no, they I agree. Provide, provide an atmosphere like nothing else. They were brilliant all game. Lucky Tom's not here. And <laughs> and and dude, that must be such an such an overwhelming experience for yeah. a guy out of position on his third A League start, and he was overwhelmed. And there was one moment where the ball was cleared and it hung up in the air, and he was in a paddock. And I was like, "Oh, beauty! He'll be able to bring this down. He'll get his yeah." Foot I was, was going to mention he'll, this. He'll, he'll, he'll take a touch and he'll play it back. And at the last second, it, he had all the time in the world, and he panicked. And he tried to head it and he ran under it and just flicked Nishan Valupalai through in behind. And we were very, yeah. an excellent Joe Gauchi save stopped us from going 1-0 down. And right as that moment happened, it was about 22 minutes in. As soon as that moment happened, Carl Viet turned to his bench and Giuseppe Bovolina took off up the sideline to warm up by himself. And I thought, I genuinely thought he's going to do it. Like, we're, we're going to see this here. He's going to rip him 35 minutes or 30 minutes into this game and put Bovolina on. And and we were all for it. I just thought for for Panache's own protection, just get him out of this game. His mm. his first his first two games ha- hadn't been that bad, and this is one hell of a way to to ruin a guy's confidence. Yeah, I think I think waiting till half time is probably the right move in I, terms of that because that's a good way of protecting the player. Um, but like like you have to get him out of there, and you're kind of protecting him, but also not. You're not shitting him off in front of like, and in the thirtieth minute, I feel like that can do just as much damage for yeah. his confidence as a, as getting ripped apart could be, you know. So, I yeah, I I agree in in that sentiment. I just I think we were very lucky to to not have conceded multiple goals at at Panache's hand. He got Valupoli had all the joy in the world for the first forty five minutes down this side. Um, created all sorts of opportunities, oh, he but. But our 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 defense was was resolute on the on the far side of this, and every time that they created an opportunity, Ansel or Popper or, or Ryan Kiddo were good enough to find their man early enough that the the shot they were taking wasn't that great, or that we were winning a tackle. And Joe mm. actually was was our best player on the pitch by a long way in this game, and he made two or three fantastic saves and and kept us in it. Um, and then finally in the twenty eighth minute when they broke the deadlock, to all of our surprise. The goal came down the right wing. It came yep. down Ryan Kiddo's side. Daniel Azani got the better of him. Not his best first, moment. <laughs> the first Kiddo. time in 25 minutes. No, not a not a good moment for Kiddo, who who I also think was quite poor in this game. Yeah. Um, but then on on replay, Ansel and Popper had shifted over to a man, and Bruno was in a pocket, and Panache was guarding space at the back post, and he just had to go. He had to go to he had to go to Fornaroli in this moment. It was a little bit of inexperience from mine. Obviously, 
Valupuas hanging far out on that wing and he didn't want to overcommit in case they switched and it got out there. But Bruno had so much time and space. And to give a guy like that that much room in this league, he's going to score nine times out of 10. Yeah, he tucks those away. That's what we say when we're watching it here. You give him that space there. He is putting that away. That's how goals are scored, though. That that happens. That's football uh, peeling off. Defence running towards their own goal. That's how you do find space. So you, I think you do need to credit uh, credit Bruno for that. And you need to also credit the assist from... Uh, we're going with Mashash. Yep. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yep. All right, good. I, I might, why don't we just go with Zinedine? We just call him Zinedine. That's what I've done. We'll go with Zinedine. Um, Zinedine, I thought, was their best player. And he terrified me every time he got on the ball. He was he's strong and fast. And I was like, "What the? F- what are we watching here?" But he doesn't look like a sort of player that would be strong and fast. Well, he looks he looks strong, but yeah. And his touch and his feet were were excellent. Um, I want to talk about. We want, I want to quickly get onto the Irinkunda stuff. Just firstly, though, obviously that involves red guards. <laughs> Ryan Kiddo. We've made a lot of noise about how poor Alex King was, and I think. Alex King has had an absolute stinker of a game, like uh, atrociously bad, atrocious. Um, but in amongst that, as Adelaide supporters, I think we should also recognise that he was atrocious in probably not sending Ryan Kiddo off. Yeah, um, I think he made four or five fouls in this game where I genuinely after he was been, booked. He well, not booked at all in this game. Not booked at all. Not not booked at all. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that was a huge blight on on the Alex King performance that myself. Chris and Antonis that I travelled with spoke about was we thought he could have been booked three or four times in this game. Easily. And, and the one that stuck out like anything was about two minutes after the Roderick Miranda second yellow for stopping yeah. the counter-attack. Yeah. Kiddo has pulled a guy back on the break, victory out three on or four on four, three on three, whatever it was. Kiddo miles out of position, professional foul, ready to copy yellow, and nothing. Just it looked like he never even thought about booking him. Yeah, um, so many of them, and I just remember just on the night when we were watching it, uh, we had a listener of the show, Shane was here. Shane is a referee, and kept saying, "Oh, kiddo's already on a yellow," so that's why I've got that planted in my head. So thanks for that. Just goes to show you all referees don't know what they're doing. Good job. Um, but yeah, I completely baffled to that one. But then we get to so Aaron Kunda gets gets fouled by Miranda. Um, it's a it's a clear. Second yellow, is it not? Yeah, um, I mean, there's been a lot of talk. Why are the people week. so I'm, upset about this? I'm not sure if you've seen. Well, people, a lot of people are upset about. If we break it down, the the Roddy Miranda first yellow card. They a lot of people think that that Nestor has gone down quite easy in this. Um, to me, don't give. As a centre back, you're rushing out. You're making contact from behind of a player who's trying to turn you. If he does, if if he does turn you, you're out of position. You've left a hole, and and he's away. Don't give an attacker the opportunity to feel contact and go down. You can't come out of position and give away a foul and expect to not get a card for it. I don't necessarily agree with that, but sure, yeah. I just, I just don't think that there's enough to complain about this first yellow, and then. This second yellow, regardless of the first yellow, yeah. this could be a straight red card. But well, once a- you're on the first one, you know already that this can't is- be your defense. That is that you shouldn't have got the first one because um, you are on one. I'm not sure if you've actually seen close-ups or or the actual vision of this tackle multiple times or not. Yeah. But not only has Miranda 
stop the counter attack here. He's lunged with yeah. studs and rake studs high down the back of another Absolutely. player. This could have been a straight red card. Absolutely. And he's standing it, there with his hands out like he was the most hard done by bloke in the pitch. It was just utterly bizarre. Yeah. It's a stupid tackle from an experienced player. You just on a yellow with yeah. you know however long's left in the game to go when this when the red card occurred, you just quite simply have to just just let him go. You got to trust your other defenders to make the tackle. Yeah. So his first one is in the fifty eight, and then five minutes later he's off. Um, obviously this leads to like the entire Melbourne crowd booing Nestor. Like they feel it's his fault. It's his fault he got tackled in the back of the calf and got studs down his leg. It's Nestor's fault. Thanks a lot, Nestor. Um. But in the 50, 79th minute, Nestor gets booked and f- for seemingly existing. Yeah, well, this this is behind play and it's behind Alex King. Um, and, and we had a great view of this because obviously, for those that don't know, when you go to Amy Park to to play victory away, um, you're away by, you're tucked in a, in a corner in the south end. If you're watching on oh, TV, it's top right of the screen. Yeah, perfect. Um, so we're looking through to watch Victory Attack in this moment. We're looking directly through where this incident occurs. And Roy Marchand, he hasn't been on the pitch long. He's an experienced player. Nestor is trying to run back to, you know, help his mates out on, on defense and, and win the ball back and try and start an attack. And he starts pulling him. And Marchand's got hold of his shirt and he's pulling him and he's pulling him. And then he gives him a little shove away. And Nestor turns around and just shoves Roy Marchand and and they get close together and there's a little, there's a few words and there's a little bit of biff going. And then Alex King turns around, blows his whistle, runs over and books Nesta. Yeah. And this is, you know, we spoke about this. You and Todd took the piss out of me a bunch the other week about me saying that I think he's in his right to book both players so that he doesn't have to continually stop the game to, to deal with these incidents. But this is a proper one where both players. This know. is you either, you either book neither or you book both. There's no in between. You don't you don't pick or choose. And and to me, this is the the AR on the on the far side in the in the half that doesn't have play existing right now needs to be good enough at his job to be aware of what's going on behind play. Yeah. And to me, I just it's it's a stupid yellow card because you either book both or you book neither. And I think like he's guessing uh, is the problem. Well, that's, he's that's guessing. what it is. It's behind his back. He hasn't seen it. And he's and he's choosing and, one player. And if the AR has seen it, he will say, instigated by Marshan, Aaron Kunda retaliates, yellow card for both. So they're both guessing. He's turned around and he's booked both. So you run over there, tell him to cut the shit, book neither and move on. Yeah, done. Um, the way it looks, I'm going to keep going with... Nestor got a yellow for just simply existing because that's, I'm sure that's the way it feels to him. Um, Alex King, it feels like this is the start of some sort of vendetta because obviously Nestor, he gets sent off 96 minute. Um, a second yellow after being absolutely kicked and battered for this whole game and booed by the Melbourne crowd. Um, King refuses to give a foul. There's also a linesman there who, for whatever reason, is just dawdling along the line with his flag and doesn't see a foul to flag either. Uh, we've got supposedly Alex King has st- told Carl that he's told Nestor he just needs to be stronger, which is not his fucking job. You're the referee, referee the game. Um, Nestor, he waves the arm. I, I get it. Descent, second yellow, whatever. But I'm not really in the mood for that argument because... Just give the fucking foul like you're meant to in the first place and stop trying to be a coach, Alex King. Stop trying to... Well, I don't understand. Is he racist? Is that what it is? 
Shouldn't say that. Allegedly. <laughs> give allegedly. That's it. Cover ourselves in the allegedly's. Um, no, give one of the four fouls. It's so simple. And yeah, they're right there. They're blatant. And and Vince Regari to me put this perfectly when he said that Alex King's gone over to Carl, who's asked why he's given the why he's given the card or not given the foul. And he said, because I told him to be stronger. And as Vince Regari put it, yeah. if he wants to be a coach, go and get your badges. Until then, you're a referee. Do your fucking job. Pull You've the got foul. one job. Do your job. Call the foul. And and let's not just be harsh or like you've said before on Alex King here. He's had a stinker. But this linesman is in peak position to yeah. see all four of these. And I just, I cannot understand why this foul is not being given. And if I'm Nestor Irankunda in this moment, on edge, on roll, rivalry game, like you said, brutal game, late in it, he wants to win this game. He's yeah. trying to do everything he can as a 17-year-old wonder kid to take over this moment. And he's been fouled so many times, had no protection. I'd react the same way. And and I don't think you can have any distaste towards Nestor for his reaction in this moment. I understand no, why, I don't. why King has booked him. But so be it. You know, this is, I don't think, yeah, there's a lot of talk that people, especially from community referees and whatnot, that this is a non-event and people need to grow up and realise that Nestor can't react like he did. But we need... I'm if sick you're gonna, of hearing about it, to be uh, honest. Me, me too, because if you're, seriously, we must point out when referees have made absolute howlers. You don't get to, you are getting yeah. paid a wage. Alex King in this scenario, a full-time wage, a fee for accredited referee. You do not get to make fuck-ups like this. That Man, watching the way they run around so smugly and the size... The size of those FIFA badges on their shirt shits me to tears when this is the quality of refereeing that they're dishing up week in, week out. We went through this shit with Beef every week, the smugness, the arrogance of that guy running around, the errors he made. Now, Alex King out here, that that was just a disgrace on the weekend. He was a joke. Um, he was – he never – we've already mentioned he should have booked Kiddo. That was atrocious. And then the Nestory stuff where he's guessed for the first yellow and then for the second one, just not giving them the free that he deserves, telling him to be stronger, shit like that. Yeah, there's no place to. Um, I was all for – I remember when we watched it here, we were <laughs> we were getting pretty feral, to be honest. There was a, there was a few of us and we were getting pretty loud. Um, just so irate. My blood was boiling because I just felt so bad for Nestory being like – he's been booed all game and kicked all game, you know, and teams are just trying to target him. And then to top it off, this dickhead, Connor Chapman, Connor fucking Chapman. Erin Kunda has already had 10 times a better career than Connor Chapman has had. And Connor Chapman's 29. And he runs all the way across from white right back to give him a send off after he's been sent off. Who the fuck do you think you are, man? Get back in your little box, you idiot. You are a, nothing. A man you are was, absolutely nothing, Chapman. A man that was only involved in this contest because of a late Jason Garrier injury that ruled him out as well. He, off the bench, he would not have seen minutes. No, nah, bench warming idiot. In this game. And, and I don't think he was necessarily bad in this game. Um, but it's just, what you're not, you're not a fucking hero, mate. I know. You're just, what was the point of this? Running over to send off a 17-year-old. And then to say he doesn't <laughs> understand one. why he's been booked for it. Yeah. It's because you're being a fucking loser. Just a flog. It's straight up loser, simple. hey. If and I was I him, just... I'd be lying at home, not sleeping, worried that everyone in my life's yeah. going to leave me because I'm a loser. That's what I'd be doing. I'm off on Connor Chapman. <laughs> you're done. Actually, I did... Um, 
if if you want to go back to the game for a minute here, if you've done on Nestor, I actually wanted to talk sure. about Connor Chapman in this game a little bit. Um, oh, here we go. Why are you more, doing this to me? More from an Adelaide side of things. Um, there's a lot of love this afternoon. As I was, I was going to talk about this before already, but there was a lot of love this afternoon for for Ben Halloran on Adelaide United social media because this afternoon being uh, like. Tuesday, we're recording yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah. Tuesday yep. afternoon, Adelaide United posted a post with some A-League statistics and and Ben Halloran has created the third most chances this season in the A-League. And and a lot of people have come out and they've said that that they thought, you know, there's been a lot of doubt around Halloran, but he's been really good and, and, and whatnot. I thought he was excellent round one. I just wanted to nitpick a little bit that in the last two weeks, he's played on the weakest player on the pitch twice now. He directly was on Connor Chapman, who is not good enough to be a starting centre-back in this league, playing out of position at right back. Absolutely, utterly sucks. And I just felt like Ben Halloran had little to no influence on this game. And and in a 6-0 win against City, he probably had the least influence of any Adelaide United attacker that saw the pitch. And he was the one that had the opportunity again to run at the rookie fullback, the weakest link in in that Melbourne City team. And I just, if we're going to be competitive and we're going to be a finals team this year that could win a final and get to that back to that double chance semi-final again he he needs to be better and he needs to take take control of these opportunities because 15 minutes into this game we're asking you know we're sitting in the crowd going geez i'd love to see carl pull the pin and, and swap the wingers and for a guy that's had socceroos caps and been around for so long and is supposed to be as good as ben halloran is as good as Nestor is, we shouldn't be asking for a 17-year-old to get out there and take advantage of a guy because Ben Halloran wasn't capable of doing it. God, Chapman's career is over right now if Nestor runs at him. His career is done. On um, Halloran, yeah, I think he was someone I highlighted in our preview episode for the season that if we're going to do anything this season, it has to be on. He's got to step up. He's the main guy that needs to turn it on this year. Uh, I don't really want to discredit or try and maybe uh, weaken a little what he's done in the first two rounds, which I feel like you kind of did there. Um, but I get it. And I'm still, like, the jury's still out on Ben with a whole season left to play, you know. Um, the forgive that I'll give for this round is that a lot of our players were off, especially in that first half, and then we grew into it. Uh, the red card probably helped us grow into it more. So um, we'll forgive Benny on that one this week. Uh, yeah. Do you have do you have anything else on this game? Um, I just wondered. I'm not sure what they showed on my last note on on the television, but we got a free kick about 40 minutes into this game, and it was off to the to the left wing, and Nestor went over, and there was a few guys standing over it, and then Clough and I think it was Clough and Johnny Yale walked away, and it just left Nestor standing over it. Yeah, and he has put this ball into. Yeah. Rose Ed over the crossbar from a really good offensive position and Hiroshi Ibasuki has it. sprayed him. Yeah, I got and thoughts on this. Right again before half time, Nestor took a shot in a moment where he had an opportunity to put a ball in. It wasn't a good shot. And coming off, Hiroshi sprayed him again at half time. And Honestly, I know a lot of people, a lot of the time last year we we noted that Ben Halloran was a big arm thrower at Nestor. Um, yeah, but but geez, in in Hiroshi's Ibasuki's shoes here, I understand the frustration so much because he is in this team to do two things, which is to hold the ball up, which he's done so well for the first three weeks, and to create an aerial threat. And as a number nine that exists to create an aerial threat, geez, he's not been given much opportunity to do it. And and I said, if if at any point in a game that we play, 
we get a free kick inside 30 yards on a, sh- a straight on angle to goal, probably anywhere in line with the, with the 18 yard box. I'm more than happy for everyone to walk away and let, and let Nesta whack one. But when you're going to play with a big striker and you're going to send your center backs forward, I think this ball has to come into the box. And right after halftime or 15 minutes after halftime, when we finally do score, we get a free kick in a pretty similar position and Nesta and Zach stand over it again. And this time Nesta walks away, Zach puts the ball in the box and Hiroshi does what he's there to do and he scores yeah. a goal. And, and I just think I understand that, you know, we've got to let Nesta try these things because he's an unbelievable talent. And, and by all means, would anyone have been surprised if Nesta put that ball in the top corner? Probably not. But while we love watching this kid do exciting things, there also needs to be a point in time where he becomes part of this team, like part of not just the star boy, he is more part of this team as a unit and, and these balls go into the box. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not too getting too hung up on like I feel like people are way too wrapped up in the it's happened last year as well. I know there's this thing keeps following him around about Nestor's attitude. It's a fucking seventeen year old from Powerful Gardens, man. Oh it's yeah. Part of I'm the not, package. Like I, I don't think there's anything to get too upset about. I agree with you. He should have done the team things in those situations. I think he will. It's gonna come with experience and learning. Um he's been given a bit of license. I guess so far to kind of do as he pleases out there. Yeah, well, I think I'm. Uh, by all means, I don't mean to to nest a bash there because obviously he's yeah, got over it. and he's got he's got Clough and he's got got Yell standing there and Carl's just on the sideline right there too. So they're making a, yeah, a decision yeah. together and the decision is made to to let Nesta take the free kick. And I don't think anyone... If they're letting him take it, they know he's shooting. Yeah, I don't think anyone in the world thought that he was doing anything other than shooting in that scenario. But I think from a tactical perspective, I understand Ibasuki's frustration. And what I'm I'm trying to get is is there's a lot of hate at the moment for the way that Ibasuki turned around and reacted to him. But that's just football. And Nesta's got 25 years ahead where he's going to cop that from teammates where he does those things. And I don't think there should be any any dirt towards a striker when... Play until he's 42. <laughs> we wouldn't keep Goodwin, but we'll have Nestor at 42. I don't think um, there's any dirt towards a striker that big wanting this ball to come into the box. Yeah, I my what I said at the time this happened, I remember thinking about it, was Ibasuki, to me, his reaction there was more not necessarily frustration at that moment, but a, just a build-up of, I don't think he has been, I don't think he's been great the first two games. He's done his role okay. We know what his we know what his limitations are and what he's capable of. I dare say, after us scoring nine goals in the first two games, he's probably frustrated that he hasn't managed a few, managed a bunch there. Um, he also was he was getting pretty annoyed early on at the service he was getting in the middle of the park, like you said, with Johnny Yule just smashing balls into him, hoping he can bring it down or whatever. And also where there was times where he was trying to press defenders and no one was coming with him. He was getting annoyed. I think it was a build-up of everything that made him tick there when Nestor decided to put have a shot from a ridiculous angle. But, yeah, uh, I don't really have too much more to add to Hero. He, he, we already know. We know what he's going to be able to do for us and what he can't do. And what he can do is pop up in the box for and be a target for those goals like the goal we did score. Um, anything else catch your eye very quickly from the rest of the A-League? Not not overly. Um, I'm happy to skip it. Yeah. It's fine. It was Adelaide Melbourne victory week. MacArthur played Western United. There's two clubs I wish could we could just ship off and not have. Um, we play Sydney at home this week on a Saturday night. As always, we try to do some predictions. What have you got for us? Um, geez, I mean, we had a bit of a chat about this pre-Corica 
leaving mm. the club this morning. Um, and, and I mean, the feeling even before this, without knowing that he was leaving, was um, probably beware the wounded giant. Um, yeah, you can't. You can. We still don't really know how good this I, team we have is, and we don't know how bad this Sydney FC team actually is. There is some great talent yeah, in this team. I'll just. And it's eventually going to click. Yeah, I was going to say even before the Corica. We haven't even talked about it, but Corica getting sacked. Hilarious, by the way. Um, just a brilliant thing to happen. Any any Sydney undoing is always great. But again, I, this is going to sound really weak considering our first three games, but. It's another week where I'd honestly be going into it saying just don't lose. And I'd be happy to be unbeaten after four and having played Central Coast, Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory and Sydney. Regardless, uh, that's, uh, you know, irrespective of the table at the moment. Yeah. Um, I want to win this one. I do. Obviously, I want to win. I, I think I'm... that for me... <laughs> saying just don't lose. The way we've started the season in comparison to the way they've started the season, and I genuinely think that there, that there is something to this Sydney team, and I wouldn't be surprised if they clicked together and they snuck into the back end of the six because there is some weaker sides in this competition. Just and, the back end? And, and it might come... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're only two games or th- just, just three games. It's very early. They're still it's good so, enough. So if early. it clicks for them, they're and, still good enough. And, yeah, and they've they've played victory who look really good. They've yeah. lost to lost to City, who, regardless of us beating 6-0, we know how good City are. Yeah, they've got the, they've got more to come as well. The, the talent exists. And and yeah. they threw one away against Brisbane and and a few red main errors and, and a real average half of football. And they didn't look great, but but it is what it is. And and this team has talent. It's gonna click. Winning the cup, it may be false form, but it's not last in this league form by any stretch of the imagination. No. Um I just think this is probably the the opportunity we're going to get to play them this season at their most vulnerable, and and this is probably where if you're going to pick up three points against Sydney this season, it's it's going to be this weekend, and I think the the process and the mind thought should be we're going into this one and we should win it, and and ten points from four games would be excellent, but I, I also understand where you're coming from and saying just don't lose because a loss to Sydney FC given their start at home this weekend could really derail yeah. the start. That I think we've had. just. Just keeping the unbeaten momentum going would be nice. Um, I would take it. So I would, you know, the way we were all looking at it, all doom and gloom at the start of the season, if we walk away after round four with no losses, you know, two wins and two draws, I, I you know, I'd be chuffed with that. I think we're, we're also going to see changes to this side for the first time this season as well. Um, forced with Nestory will go out. Um, I think you, you have to reward the form that Bernardo's shown off the Absolutely. bench for the last two weeks, and, and he, he has to start this game. I saw a bit of talk from people that thought that it, it could be a good opportunity to to start Bovelina and bump Panache up to the wing, but I think I'm I'm starting Bovelina at right back in this game and rewarding Bernardo with the start on the wing. I yeah, think I don't think the, I'm. I think it's the logical thing to do. That's fine. I wouldn't be pushing Panache forward. I'd um, just drop and, him out the side for a bit. And and I understand, and and it won't phase me in any way if it doesn't happen, but I wouldn't mind seeing Isaias given a little bit of a rest here and Ryan Tunnicliffe given a start. Yep, agree. Um, uh, what was I going to say? I had something. It's gone. Uh, anyway, score predictions. What do you got? Um, I'm going to go 3-1 Adelaide. 3-1 Adelaide, beautiful. I'm going uh, 91-0 Adelaide with 89 of those to be Andrew Redmayne, Howlers, and the other two to be Connor Chapman's fault, even though he doesn't play for them. Sounds good. All right. Enjoy, folks. Go the Reds this week. Hope you enjoyed uh, your Melbourne away if you went or if you watched it uh, somewhere in Adelaide. 
See you around, Highmarsh. Let's go.